Welcome to Betrayal Trauma Recovery. This is Anne. I have Shana Hollist on the show today. She is a licensed master social worker, minister, personal growth strategist, and speaker. She is committed to decreasing the number of people walking around wounded in the world. So we have very similar missions and I'm so excited to talk to her. As a transformational teacher and mentor, Shana helps people heal intentionally after brokenness and betrayal so they can manifest the life and relationships they desire and deserve. Her clients appreciate her personable and practical approach to helping them extract wisdom from their wounds and passionately pursue their purpose. Shana is a graduate of the University of Texas at Arlington, where she earned a Bachelor's of Social Work, as well as her Master of Science in Social Work, and has many years of experience in the fields of mental health and trauma recovery. As a survivor of sexual abuse as a child and acquaintance rape as an adult, Shana knows firsthand how it feels to walk around wounded in the fog of betrayal. Today, as a transformed woman, she has passion to help other people reclaim their significance and reach their highest potential. Shayna loves to sing and snuggle up to a good television show. She strives to live a lifestyle focused on creating impact and creating memories. Her favorite memories to create are the ones that involve her husband and best friend, Prince Hollis, and their two beautiful children. Welcome to Betrayal Trauma Recovery, Shayna. Oh my gosh, thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. When I started reading your book, I was so impressed and immediately interested in your story. You touch on some deeply painful and personal stories in your book, and I know it took a lot of courage to write and publish it. What prompted you to write your book? It actually has been a something that I've thought about off and on actually throughout my life. But honestly, what prompted me to go ahead and bite the bullet was the expansion of the Me Too movement, I believe. And just seeing um, so many women's stories of men in power betraying them, women in their lives, whether it was within the family, within acquaintances and friendships, at school, at work, I'm seeing more and more often women that are dealing with being violated and betrayed within relationship. And as I was hearing more and more women's stories, I started to to really see that, wow, there's a lot of women that are dealing with the pain and dealing with their wounds and for so long have kept it to themselves and are now feeling emboldened and empowered to share their stories. But what have they done with themselves and their wounds and their healing process? Because the focus was on the men a lot as the Me Too movement was growing on exposing these men and power. And it's great for us to do that because it needs to be brought to the light. But my heart is for the survivors. And so I was wondering, all of these women walking around wounded, how can I help? Because I have that story. And I also know the process that I went and the work that I've done with other survivors to actually heal and and be able to recover after dealing with that severe betrayal. Yeah. I'm so grateful that you brought up the Me Too movement. It really applies in this scenario, especially for women who are victims of their loved one's abuse. It's so important because they're dealing with that type of abuse on a daily basis. So in your book, The Value of Violation, you talk about the need for survivors of betrayal to have a plan to heal, and then you provide eight steps to heal intentionally. Why is having a plan even for healing, so important? It's really just important because anytime we don't have a plan, we plan to fail. That's one of my favorite sayings. And so that applies in almost every area of life, whether it's our exercise regimen or our diet or whatever goal that we're trying to reach. 
if we have a plan, we have a higher likelihood of succeeding in it. And so what I saw is that a lot of us, we don't take as seriously as we ought to the process of healing after experiencing a wound within relationship. The acute pain goes away because that's something that we definitely can't ignore when it's acute, when it's something we're dealing with and struggling with every day. It's hard to ignore, but sometimes the pain fades a little and then we feel like we're healed. We feel like, oh, I'm good. You know, I can move on with my life. And we don't go through a process and we don't commit to a plan to ensuring we complete our healing process. And so I think it's important, just like with anything, that if we want to truly be successful in our healing and in our recovery and see the value in the violation and extract what we need to in order to grow and manifest a life that we want, that we have to have a plan. And creating a plan is is harder than it looks. I think sometimes my plan was like eat Cheetos. Like I, I was in so much trauma that I couldn't really think of a plan. It was like uh, watch Netflix and try to get my bed made maybe. You know, it was just so hard when you're going through that. And And so having a network of support, having someone walk you through that process is really important. Can you share one of the steps from your Heal Intentionally Blueprint? Sure. So the Heal Intentionally Blueprint is the name of my plan that just working with survivors and seeing in my own life, I believe that any survivor of relationship wounds can process through in order to heal. And one of my favorite steps would be reviewing. I think that I like it the most because my background in social work and mental health, because it deals with our mind, it comes right after that phase of our recovery where we start feeling better. And like I was mentioning earlier, we feel like our healing process is complete because we're not dealing with the acute issues anymore. But I believe that that is when the true work gets started. And that's when reviewing happens. And pretty much reviewing is where we actually, even if it's uncomfortable, take a look back on what we've experienced. And the reason I called it reviewing is because I thought about how when we are in grade school, right? For instance, when the teacher would give us a what we call review after we learned quite a bit from a few chapters of studies, we always wanted to review because we didn't want to have to learn everything that she's gone over for the last month or two, and we didn't want to waste any time. So she would give us a review to show us what's important. What should we take away from this? What is important to commit to memory and what can we afford to forget or throw away? And so I think that is actually the same thing we need to do with our wounds is we have to go and take a look at, well, what do I need to extract from this experience in my life? What should I commit to memory so that I can use them for future tests I might encounter in in my life? What disruptive behaviors, what negative thinking or what harmful emotions can I afford to release or let go as a result of my healing process, just so that we can see if we have some stinking thinking or see if we have some some things that our abusers or the people who wounded us might have told us over and over and we've begun to believe them. Just kind of going through and extracting what we need to keep and what we can afford to throw away. And just that process is sometimes uncomfortable and so we might skip over it, but I think it's really important to help us make sure we don't recycle and go through the same toxic situations in the future. Yes, absolutely. I was really interested when I received your book to hear about how you chose the title, The Value in Violation. Talk to me about why you chose that title and how we can discover value in violation. I had a total different title for the majority of the time that I was writing my book. But as I got closer to the end, things get a little bit more focused. 
And I started just realizing how much the word value often resonates within the mind and the heart of a survivor, because that is many times what's attacked the most, our sense of value of ourselves, our sense of value of our worth, of our stories, of even our future, because of what we've gone through being wounded within relationship. And I realized that my value was what was most attacked or my sense of my value. And what I was seeing in my clients is it was the same. So it was twofold. I wanted to remind people that despite any violation that we experience in life, that we still have our value, that what happens to us doesn't dictate our worth. And the other part of it is that I started to realize that even though it's painful, it's the crushing moments in our lives that actually extract our value because it shows us our true worth when we can recover from it and even become stronger and wiser and better as a result. Just like an olive, for instance, when it's crushed, that's the only way that the oil, which is more valuable, can be extracted. It has to be crushed. And sometimes that's what happens when we're wounded is we're crushed. But in our healing process, we can begin to see our true value as a result. I've seen that with my own healing process, and it's a long-term deal. It's not something that we can just think, okay, I'm going to check these things off my list. And in the next month or two, I am going to be better. And I think the reason why it takes a long time to heal is because it's the process of growth. Absolutely. It's a day by day thing. It, it many times does take years to truly heal, you know, from some of the devastating things that many people go through. And just that process of every day working towards your healing and being intentional about your recovery, that's how you win. That's how you redeem. That's how you ensure that your pain turns into something purposeful in the future. Shana, I'm so impressed with you and your book and proud of any survivor that does anything, right? Any survivor that even gets out of bed is a shero, let alone writes a book about their experience. Well, yeah, it's been a long process. It's been a journey. And even writing my book is part of my process because it's about eventually getting to that place where you reclaim your voice and and you shout, you know, within yourself for a while, but eventually you can begin to shout to others, you know, I'm a survivor. And yes, I've been wounded and I've been hurt and I've been betrayed. But honestly, that person or they don't dictate my value. Thank you so much for coming on the show today, Shana. Oh my gosh, thank you so much for having me in. You can find out more about her book at valueinviolation.com. We will also link to her book from our books page at btr.org backslash books. Thank you to everyone who donated. If you have not set your recurring donation to support this podcast, please go to btr.org, scroll to the bottom, click on make a donation and set your recurring donation today. Your recurring donation enables isolated women to find this podcast and to get to safety. Our Betrayal Trauma Recovery Group has sessions every single day. Right now, our average is about three to four women per session. So it really is very small groups with a professional facilitator. To check out our daily group session schedule, go to our website, btr.org, and click on daily support groups. And if this podcast is helpful to you, please rate it on iTunes or your other podcasting apps. Every single rating helps women who are isolated find us. Until next week, stay safe out there.